I want to preach in your hearing in the Just Jesus campaign. I have been in a straight betwixt two. This evening, I have two sermons before me that I want to preach that uh, uh, both are important and both are apropos to what we need and our uh, time. The discipline that Jesus Christ expects of his disciples. Some of you are familiar with this series, part eight, the Just Jesus Evangelistic Campaign, day 1997, 1997, since January the 20th, 2017, day 2,382, since January the 1st, 2016, of preaching the gospel and preaching the word of God, the highest privilege of my life. Matthew chapter 13, verses 51 and 52, two verses that are just tucked into Matthew that if you don't uh, pay attention you will miss, but they're very powerful and pivotal. Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? They say unto him, Yea, Lord. Then said he unto them, Therefore, every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. Shall we pray together? If you can't find anybody else to pray for, please pray for me. Since I'm the one preaching tonight, I need your prayers. But I would love for you to pray for yourself, pray for your family, pray for your friends, pray for people you know are in trouble, pray for the Uvalde families, the Chicago families, the uh, uh, Buffalo families, the people in Ukraine and Russia, the people in South Africa, I think 15 people were shot dead in a tavern today. Pray for those families, for contrary to what the psychologists have told us, there's no steps of grief. It's just grief for the rest of your natural born days okay you you might recover a little bit and get over and by the grace of God by the grace of God you might get 
be able to get enough strength to move on. That's all God. But nobody recovers from death, man. And certainly tragic death. What happened in Chicago on the 4th of July? What happened in Uvalde? What happened to the folks in Buffalo? What happened to the people in South Africa today? What happened to uh, Abe of Japan? The people close to these people. There's no overcoming the grief. We need to stop lying to people. If there's any ability to move on, it's by the grace of God. Only by the, the grace of God. He's the one who uh, will say to you, okay, now it's time to move on. You got, you're still living. So there's some things I want you to do. Take that pain and do something with it. Comfort somebody else. Help somebody else. Start a foundation. More foundations and more nonprofits that have helped thousands and millions of people go through the same thing they went through have been formed out of these painful experiences. And that is a part of moving on. Using that grief. Using that pain and that heartache. That ever-recurring vision of your child's head blown off by a demoniac. That's the only way you can get some relief. By helping somebody else and praying for somebody else. And trying to protect somebody else. That's when you rise above yourself and your little family. And that's the only way you get through. And, and I, I have news for you. One day it's going to be your family. So you better pray for these other families. For grace for them. Because one day, as sure as you're looking at me, it's going to be your family. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, Christianity without discipleship is always... Christianity without Christ. Now, beloved, here is what we can learn about the duties of Christ's disciples from this passage. First, beloved, we must learn the truth. Jesus Christ instructed the disciples in the knowledge of God, in the Word of God, and the nature of the kingdom of heaven. As true disciples who practice discipline and willingness to obey God, as true disciples of Jesus Christ ourselves by His grace, we must also learn the truth from the words of Jesus from the words of God and reading the entirety of God's word and be willing to teach and preach the whole counsel of God. We are aided in learning the truth by praying to God for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, following the leading of the Holy Ghost and listening to the preachers and teachers and prophets 
who rightly divide the word of truth and whose faith follow, they are obedient to the truth themselves. The word of truth by expounding upon the word of God. Now what you just heard there, my beloved, is what I call the God's system of grace. Just like God has a system, he doesn't have to touch it every day, as far as the solar system. The whole world is built on systems that God has put in place and he just lets it go and run the way uh, he wants it to run. By the way, uh, it is in the news today, they already have seen these heavenly pictures. You're going to see them, I think, June, July the 19th, I think. They, they said they're going to reveal the pictures to the world of this new telescope that they have used. They're trying to find heaven is what they're trying to do. But here's what these scientists are saying. When they saw the pictures, they were moved to tears emotionally. They were moved emotionally. Rarely does a scientist get into the emotions. But they were moved. One lady said, I was moved, yes, as a scientist. Yes, as an engineer. But I was moved as a human being. Then another man came and said, I, it was an emotional experience. They said, they, some of them have already seen some of the pictures. They're, they're, they're being held in secret right now. For some reason, I don't know. This is rare, by the way. Very rare for them not to reveal it on the news immediately. Immediately. Oh, yeah. So they are planning this revealing. And some of the pictures have not been uh, developed yet or taking it, something along those lines. But God has a solar system. Somebody with a big mind thought of that. I've never heard the system of grace. It's something that God put in my spirit. Everything is connected in the system of grace. Everything dovetails together in the system of grace. Your first love experience with Christ, and then you move on into a period where uh, things may not be as popping as they were before, but, but God does something in you to help you to understand. It's not about the feelings. It's not about the emotions. It's not about sight, but by faith in Him, trusting in Him. And then included in the system of grace is prayer. Included in this God's system of grace is reading the Bible. Inclu included in God's system of grace is going to church and being faithful to the house of God. 
included in the system of grace is confession of sin, repentance, and on and on. All of these things work together in the disciple of Christ. And then you have stages in the system of grace. And uh, you have tribulations in the system of grace. God's system of grace. You have chastisement. You have rebuke. You have a checking in your spirit of the Holy Ghost. When you're thinking about doing something evil. Or you're thinking about looking at something evil. Uh, God is all up in there with his system of grace all up in your heart and mind and soul and spirit. You can't get away from God. <laughs> no, you cannot. He's too big. You can't get over him. He's too wide. You can't get around him. And God is, is so on it. He's on your every thought in his system of grace. He loves you so much. He bought you with a very valuable price. And he's not going to let you go and let you do whatever you want to do in his system of grace. You have been bought with a price. And uh, God, a part of his system of grace is also conforming you into the image of Christ. And you will conform. <laughs> oh yes you will if you're born again, if you're saved. Now, tares are outside of the system of grace. People in the church uh, who are not saved, they're outside of the system of grace. They don't even know what I'm talking about. They have no clue of the thousands of things that God does in his magnificent system of grace. Okay, Dr. Warren Worsby said these scribes began as a noble group under the leadership of Ezra. Their purpose was to preserve the law, study the law, and apply the law and its truths to daily life. You, you know what the key, the key to true success in life? Is obeying God's word. Fearing God to the point of obeying God and that's a part of the system of grace too. Oh, you, you will learn that if you're born again. You're going to learn that, my friend. Oh yes, you are. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be fun for most of us. Oh, but you're going to learn that. You're going to learn to conform into the image of his son. And it's a painful experience for most of us. But this is going to happen. This is going, let me just say it this way. This is going to be happening in your life. If you're born again. If you're a child of God. If you're saved. Say, unsaved people. People who are in the church but lost. They have no clue what I'm talking about. This is a secret. This is a mystery to them. So if you're not keeping up with me, you, 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 you probably have not been born again, or you're just a babe in Christ. That's okay, if you're a babe in Christ. But if you claim to be 
to have been saved for a while, you ought to be keeping up with what I'm saying, and your head ought to be nodding like this. That's right, preacher. Whether you like it or not, whether you are mad at me or whatever, uh, it doesn't matter. You're going to agree with that. Because God will break you, make you, and mold you. He'll do whatever he needs to do to conform you into the image of his dear son, Jesus Christ. That's a fact. Back to Dr. Worsby, over the years, their noble cause degenerated into a routine task, like it does for so many of us so-called evangelical Christians. And by the way, may I just say to you, the evangelicals, the so-called evangelicals are in trouble and they're on their last leg. In light of what we're hearing regarding the evangelicals as a group, as an umbrella organization, I'm calling on all of my Southern Baptist brethren who love the Lord and believe the Bible, my independent Baptist brethren who are influenced by the evangelicals. I'm an independent Baptist preacher, have been for uh, over 42 years, ordained in an, in, in an independent Baptist church. But I have been influenced by the evangelicals before I knew what the evangelicals were. Because they own the book pipelines and the bookstores. How many of you remember the family Christian bookstores? Lifeway Christian bookstores? All of these things have pretty much died now. You have to go online. But I, I, I'm just, just, it's just coming to my mind. I, I have a picture of a store in my mind that was in business some years ago and was doing just great and then I drove by there not too long ago and it has died popular Christian bookstore there was a popular Christian bookstore in Atlanta uh, and it was a joy and a blessing and a pleasure to go to these Christian bookstores and it was a joy and pleasure to go to bookstores that had Christian sections like Borders how many of you remember Borders For people who love books and love tea and who love coffee and that lifestyle, like I, I like, uh, I like it myself. We we like stuff like that. So many bookstores have gone the way of death. They have died. But back in the day, when I went to the bookstore, I bought mostly books from guys who would consider themselves evangelicals because they wrote the books and they had the pipelines to get the books out. But it is falling by the wayside. When the Presbyterians say we're leaving the, the evangelicals uh, organization, NEA, then it's time for the Southern Baptist 
even though they may not have joined, but they are strongly connected to them no more. Independent Baptists, Bible Baptists, Bible churches, Methodist churches. It's time to say bye-bye to the sweet, the sweet evangelicals. And now it's time for us to call ourselves Christians, as they called us in Antioch. We are Christians. We're followers of Christ. We're not evangelicals. That's a political term uh, for people to accept us better. It doesn't have Christ in it. Somebody in the government told them, you, you need to call yourself something else if you want to get things accepted in the political world. And so somebody thought of the word evangelical. Uh, we are Christians first. We were called Christians first at Antioch. And that's what we are. We dare not take Jesus' name uh, out of it like the commercial people did with Xmas, God forbid. God forbid. Their noble cause degenerated into a routine task of preserving traditions and man-made interpretations. And that's, and that's one of the reasons why the evangelical movement is dying. Because of traditions that they have created. I have said this many times, most of the, many of the evangelical people, and I love these people because most of them are orthodox, but uh, it has become routine to them. And, uh, and they, they are scholars, most of them. Most of them are scholars. Uh, the leading preacher, uh, preachers are scholars. And, and one of the reasons why Southern Baptists and Independent Baptists, Conservative Baptists, Methodists, and Presbyterians like them is because of their scholarship. But like the Pharisees and Sadducees, you can know too much to the point where you can twist the scriptures to create traditions. And what they have done is they have created traditions regarding the family and the church that are not biblical. And that's why we're in the hellacious mess we're in today. Because we all took it hook, line, and sinker because they were so uh, orthodox and so... Uh, clear in their teaching and in their writing that we took it hook, line, and sinker and it messed up the church, messed up the family first, messed up the church, and now the country is messed up. And it is the fault of the umbrella organization, invisible and visible, of the sweet evangelicals. And I love them. They've been very good to me. Okay? And I, I love them because I agree with them on most things. Most of them are conservative in their beliefs and in their theology. But some have been guilty of twisting the scriptures 
and adding traditions in the family from their writings based upon something that they tell people not to do and that is base their their faith on their emotions and feelings and thoughts and on what they do and on what they think creating traditions added alongside to the word of god very closely too see that's what makes it so dangerous okay they can dissect a book completely up okay and but they'll add their traditions in like for example the family they'll say uh, if mama ain't happy ain't nobody happy and I say that ought to go back to hell where it came from that has nothing to do with Jesus God the Bible the Word of God nowhere but some little smart little slick theologian pastor teacher book writer brought that up to appease the women in the church and now we have a church upside down I don't care if you like it or not with unstable women emotional women women who will never be happy and satisfied until they take care of what God made them to take care of their husbands and their children busybody women women who are full of hell and the devil in yes the evangelical church so much so that they would try to tap somebody else's family because they're mad that somebody's preaching against their foolishness and their sins with their philosophies that a woman ought to be put on the pedestal no matter what evil and how, how evil she is this is a very serious problem in the family and in the church and the sweet evangelical Pharisees and Sadducees made it so and everybody in the evangelical circles are not to be counted in this number there are some God-fearing people in the evangelical movement and they can't stand it that their their own people who they they were taught not to bring in your personal experiences into the Word of God and mix it together okay another thing if um, happy wife happy life that's not biblical your wife is if anything your wife is to make you happy but she doesn't even have to do that that's not her place that's not your place to make her happy both of you ought to be happy when you come to the marriage bar both of you ought to be happy because you're saved and you know Jesus Christ and you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It is impossible to be sad, despondent, defeated, and disgusted all of the time and be saved and know Jesus Christ and have Jesus Christ living on the inside of you. In fact, if you have sad and despondent and depressed circumstances, the Jesus I know on the inside of me and on you, uh, and in you hopefully if you're saved, will help you get through that very easily. Even when you're persecuted and attacked and lied on. I, I, can't, I cannot explain it to you, but Jesus, the Jesus I know, 
on the inside. That's a piece of cake for him. And he'll have you sail right on through that. And you and your wife ought to be vertical. That is, your focus is on God and serving Him. And you should be full of His peace and His joy and His cheerfulness regardless of the circumstances. And both of you ought to be happy and uh, uh, and cannot help but be happy and cheerful and joyful. I have told you that I do not have a good wife. She has admitted that herself. Or a good mother or a good woman. For 34 years. And yet we are married, still married, never have divorced, not considering divorce. And she's here helping me in the ministry right now. Now, whether or not she really wants to be doing this right now, that's a different thing. But because I want to do it, she is helping me do it. And that's how it ought to be. But I doubt if she's even saved. You say, well, how can you be happy in your marriage? I, I was happy before I got married. Man, woman, are you people crazy? See, you got caught up in this evangelical chaos and foolishness and charismatic foolishness. That's, you add that on to it. And what the evangelists did with that, they, they embraced some of it and put it on in. I believe in, in college they call it secretism or something like that. They, they really don't believe it, but because it was working, I can't hear nobody say amen. Amen lights. That's, that's, that's Bishop Grant for you right there. When people would not say amen, he would look up at the light. Amen lights. It don't matter whether you like it or not. That's what happened. Listen to me. That's what happened. To the best of them, it happened. When they were losing members to the charismatics, left and right, hundreds of people moving away from the Bible-believing Baptist churches and uh, Bible churches and black folk and white folk started adopting some of the things that charismatics were doing and much of it is nothing but gimmicks and it's all falling down flat on his face trying to keep members instead of trying to serve God. Huh? And so they, 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 they reached out and grabbed some of it. They started talking about things they never talked about before. Started allowing things they never allowed before. Women preachers in the Baptist church, in Bible churches. Pastors, women pastors, ordaining women as pastors. and They ride up there with them in the pulpit and this, that, and the other. Started preaching like them. And, you know, the felt need type preaching. They became even heroes of some. Okay? I remember when, when Bible-believing preachers and Baptist preachers started preaching certain things the charismatics were preaching. Evangelicals started doing They embraced them because they were so powerful they, they had to get control of that situation and they invited some into their circle of, of and their system of getting books published and 
and getting on television and, and, and radio and started embracing the charismatic ones, not charismatic doctrinally speaking, I'm talking about charismatic personalities, magnetic personalities who can bring in the money and bring in the crowds. Oh yes, the sweet evangelicals started embracing uh, the man down in Australia, slowly, slowly but surely. Started listening to the lies of Andy Stanley and others, including this uh, uh, gentleman about homosexuality, and that's and that that's when that's when uh, the straw broke the camel's back down to the ground, and God uh, God said no. Uh-uh. You all, you people uh, have taken this too far. You have disrespected me enough. You have pushed me to the uh, periphery. You have marginalized me. And uh, it's over. Those I love, I will rebuke and chase. And God has a whole lot more grace than we, we do doesn't he? God gives us a whole lot of space to repent. Does he not? But we foolishly do not take advantage of it and so God laid down the boom on us with the coronavirus plague and it's not over yet. I hate to tell you that but uh, you might need to wait on me to tell you when the coronavirus plague uh, is going to be over. Uh, I believe that God will tell me. He may not. But he did tell me it was coming. And I warned you for many years. And, uh, and now other things are being added. Somebody said today that monkeypox might get out of control. Now how can monkeypox get out of control? And it's a, it's for, it, it is, it is, uh, 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 attaching itself to homosexuals. And, and let me tell you something. There was a line of homosexuals the other day going to get a shot. I, I, I'm ashamed to say this, but I believe it was in Dallas. A whole line of homosexuals. Nobody else but homos. Why? Because, see, there are some plagues that will make you come outside and stand in line to get whatever you need to get to get rid of that plague off of you. And, uh, and the other things are being added on. You got the war now. That's 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 exploding. You got Iran acting ugly and crazy. Inflation like we've never seen it before. Huh? A pack of wings, fourteen, sixteen dollars, twenty-one dollars. Are you kidding me? Salmon, which all of us black men and white men ought to be eating. You, you, you can, you know, unless you're rich, you won't be eating any. But they got three strips of salmon. I'm not talking the wide kind. Three strips of salmon for eighteen dollars at Walmart. 
Thank God for the little packages that they have where you can get on in there for about $9, $8. Gas, you got to think about gassing up now. <laughs> Whereas before you didn't think about it. Everything is up. And it's not coming down anytime soon. Why? Because God put his foot down on the church first, on the family, because the family makes up the church. The family is suffering, the church is suffering, and, and then there's collateral damage. The country is suffering because of our sin and our foolishness, our evil that we have done in the sweet evangelical church. And I can say the sweet evangelical church because the evangelical folk, whether they did it intentionally or not, they are in control. They are the intelligentsia of Christianity. And for years, whether you knew it or not, pretty much what they say goes. Because they put it in a book. And you know what somebody said a long time ago. If you put it in a book, people are going to believe it. Back to Dr. Worsby. You just heard from Dr. White. And adding burdens to the lives of the people. They were so wrapped up in the past that they ignored the present. We're like that today in the church. Ignoring what's going on right now. And we and some of us are big on that. Sadly, to this day, we have people in the church, just like the Bible says, saying peace and safety when there's no peace and there's no safety. Oh, and by the way, my beloved, I mentioned this the other night in another series. I'm preaching about three or four series right now with the help of my son, Daniel Ezekiel. My beloved, let me tell you something. Hear me well. Only the men who know what time it is understand what I'm saying right now. Just like it is the church's fault for this explosion of homosexuality that has destroyed this country like a nuclear bomb. The church, the pastors especially, some of them don't even believe the Bible anymore. Some of them are homosexuals themselves and drag queens. Okay? We, the church is the reason why this mess is going on. What mess? What, what, what mess are you talking about? I'm talking about the mess of hard-working men and hard-working women who live in a ranch house. A reasonably priced house. They may have two cars and they have two car payments. And they want to drop their children off at the schoolhouse every day so that they can go to work and make the living according to the American way. You know, two incomes, high mortgage, two car payments, 
uh, two insurances, house insurance, depending on where they live, flood insurance, depending on where they live, fire insurance, all of that. These, these, these people are the salt of the earth. We should be the salt of the earth. That's another series. I may, re, I may get back on that tomorrow night. For number three, three, because we have lost ourselves. But what I'm saying, when I say these people are salt of the earth, these are the common people. They're not perfect. They're, 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 they're sinners like everybody else. They really don't go to church. They don't care too much about it. Every now and then they'll go for Christmas or uh, they'll do trick, uh, trick, a, trick and trunk or trunk and trick or whatever mess the church has come up with today to bring the devil out. <laughs> trick. Okay. Don't witness to anybody on Halloween night, but they got the kids out uh, trunk or treating and all of this foolishness. But, and they may come out for that, and they may come out for Easter. That's pretty much it. But these are the, these people are the backbone of this country. They're depending on pastors and bishops to watch their back on this foolishness here. They don't even know, listen to me, pastors and preachers, they don't even know what's going on. They don't know how we got here. But you know, you devilish bishops and pastors and preachers, you know how we got here. Because you sold the church and uh, the family and uh, the school system and America down the river for 30 pieces of silver. You betrayed Jesus Christ to be accepted in uh, the demonic move to have what's going on in this country today and that's why you're so doggone silent you you won't say anything and you can't say anything but that's not all that's not all you know who's behind listen to me you know who's behind the murdering of all of those children in Uvalde? You know who's behind the murdering of all of those people at a 4th of July parade, which they will never forget for the next 120 years? They will talk about this 200 years from now, if the Lord tarries that long. You know who's responsible for all of those black folks being killed? In Buffalo, New York, of all places. Buffalo, New York, that don't even sound right. Highland Park, that doesn't even sound right. Chicago, Uvalde, how, what? Jackson, Mississippi, where the president of the National Baptist Convention lives. I still forget his name. Maybe that's good. These things are not so to be. And I'll tell you who's responsible. In case you don't know. You are church. I double dog dare you. To try to contradict me. We're the problem. In these communities. 
we're so messed up and so uh, uh, without flavor, without salt, that we used to at least rise up when the, 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 the evil happened. Now we don't even show up for that. The government and the, and the people in the city can't even depend upon the church to come through for them. And they don't know any better. And we got these, Joe and, and, and uh, Jane, America, the salt of the earth people, hardworking people, backbone of America. They're going out to the school board trying to tell the school board, we don't want these uh, homosexual books in our libraries. We don't want any, excuse me, damn uh, 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 queens, uh, 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 these drag queens in our libraries. That's what they're saying. I'm just telling you what they're saying. And, 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 and teaching our children and reading to our children. Some of you sweet evangelicals, you strain at a mat and swallow a camel. You're concerned about the word damn. Please shut up. You, you're more concerned about that. Oh, he said damn. Well, you are here and say damn all the time. In other words, worse than that. When you're doing your evil. See? See? Don't, don't, don't strain at a mat and swallow a Camel, you hypocrites. That's what the people are saying that you did not lead to Jesus. That you did not love like God told you to and, and like Jesus told you to. Yeah. Joe and Jane. America. They're out there trying to save their children from their onslaught. The orchestrated... onslaught of the demonic homosexual agenda homosexual uh, marriage agenda foolishness and they are hell bent on destroying your children and taking the minds of your children they are even doing it with children who are already grown you know how they do it? The same way they did you, preacher. Money! Houses! Cars! Because they know that you're not really a strong Christian. You're more concerned about money. You're more concerned about mammon. And they have twisted your mind with the money. Then they've twisted your mind with homosexual sex. Which some people believe, if you ever go that way, you'll never go back. Because it's a very strong demonic drug, like the new drugs we have today. Women pounding vaginas together. Oh, you... You sweet evangel, oh please don't say that, you devils. You you doing it yourself. <laughs> You're convicted. That's why you don't want me to say it. Men sticking their penises in men's anuses and mouths. Men 
eating feces from the man's butt. Oh, oh that's what they're doing. And you know about it because you're doing it. You nasty devils. No wonder you have monkeypox. No wonder you still have AIDS. Preaching. Now you know some folks will get mad at you for saying that. Well, that's. I mean, I'm trying to help you, and I'm trying to help them. Everybody in the church and outside of the church needs to repent, for we have some sins in the church too uh, that uh, are not dealing with homosexuality and all of this demonic foolishness. And before you cut me off from your children's ears. Uh, cut the damnable movie with homosexuality in it that you just took your children to and that you're watching right now halfway listening to me and looking at the damnable movie with all of the cursing from hell and all of the sexual innuendos and everything else and actual sex Uh, here's where we are Joe and Jane out there defending themselves against something they don't even know what it is. But you in the church, you know, because you sold the church and you sold Joe and Jane, rather, uh, down the river and the church. You sold Jesus Christ down the river. That's what you have done, church. The violence in Jackson, Mississippi, of all Jackson, Mississippi. There is a church literally on every corner in Jackson, Mississippi. The president of the National Baptist Convention lives in Jackson, Mississippi. Here's what I'll tell you, here's what I'm telling them to do. To stop this garbage, this mess, killing of young black men. Even Deion Sanders is down there. The president of the National Baptist Convention needs to give it Deion Sanders and y'all hit the streets. And the gangbangers and devils uh, put them up somewhere away from Jackson and, and have some people and some guards and some everybody else to talk to those boys, those young men. Get them saved if you can. Get him away from Jackson. Every every young man, get him out of there. Because something demonic is going on there with churches on every corner in the Bible belt, buckle belt, uh, the buckle of the Bible belt in Jackson, Mississippi. And you intentionally go out and lead every last one of the young black men in that small town is the capital. And I love Jackson, Mississippi. My family and I stayed there one time and had a wonderful time. It's on the way to Atlanta from where I live. We were stopping every time. We were going up north. I love that city. But I was, for some reason, every time I went through Jackson, particularly at night, I was very wary of my surroundings and, and situation. I, for some reason, I just had a, 
a a a a a checking my spirit about staying there too long. More young black men are dying in that city, they say per capita, than all of the other cities almost. This was a CBS News special. And I said to myself, Jackson, Mississippi, something is wrong. And that and, and I believe it can easily be stopped if the church would rise up in Jackson, Mississippi, not only the black church, but the white church, but at least the black church. And we know better now, we need to do better. But overall, throughout this country and around the globe, even in South Africa where 15 people died today, the church is responsible. Nobody else, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and Joe and Jane can't even depend upon the church. Even I know they're not members, but they shouldn't have to be members. It is a shame before God Almighty what has happened in America. And we're at fault. We're too busy trying to become prosperous, trying to buy a house on Pork Chop Hill that we can't pay for, trying to drive a car that we can't afford, trying to be cute, thinking that our blessings are in only our uh, material items. Whatever happened to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things be added unto you. It's all about prestige, trying to be somebody. I'm Dr. Do Nothing. I'm Dr. Feel Good. Sad to say, Dr. Field has more uh, respect and uh, is 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 honored more than preachers today. We got preachers trying to be Dr. Field. It is a shame before God. And what preachers need to do is give the money back to Caesar and uh, give the money back to uh, the false uh, Pharisees and Sadducees, false teachers and preachers, all of the foundations that support homosexuality. Give that money back and get back to the old landmarks. That's if you want to save your families, churches, and your community. That's if you want that. To wrap it up tonight, instead of sharing, Dr. Worsby says, instead of sharing living truth from God's word, they merchandised dead doctrines. They made money off of the word and embalmed traditions that could not help the people. All of the traditions that the evangelicals have put out for all of the church to suck up like a baby sucks the tit. Look at you. Look at you. You can't stand it, can you? Uh, do you I mean, you, you do know what I'm talking about, don't you? 
I hate to say it, yes, the Catholic Church is a whore, but we have some evangelicals who are whores too. The whole evangelical movement, not counting the good ones, is nothing but a Protestant whore. Making merchandise of the people. You've made billions of dollars off of your books, off of your tapes, off of your cassettes, off of your videos, billions of dollars. And you won't do like uh, the prosperity gospel leader uh, used to be now, Creflo Dollar, who's apologizing. You know why he's apologizing? Because God has gotten on him alone and by himself. And at this point, he doesn't care what you think. He's trying to get right. You Watch this. You never heard of a Protestant evangelical say, don't buy any of my books. I'm doing some corrective teaching. They're not going to do that. But he's admitting that he was wrong. He's humbling himself. And he's trying to get it right as best he could. It's going to be very hard. But he's, he's doing the best. When you start talking about, I've been doing some corrective teaching over the past 10 years about some things I taught before. That's a lot. When you say that don't, I have no embarrassment about you telling you don't buy, don't buy any of my books, burn my books. And yes, he was referring to another subject, but he, he, he's talking about everything dealing with the prosperity gospel. He's, he's getting there, slowly but surely. He's setting up his church and he's setting up the evangelical world to do what Ben Hinn did. But we don't see any evangelicals. And see, this is what I'm trying to encourage my sweet evangelicals to, to do. Stop being so doggone proud. Humble yourself down and say, we messed up. We messed up. In fact, Andy Stanley ought to do this more than Creflo Dollar. This devilish man tried to destroy the Bible to get the church to accept homosexuality. And he has influenced many pastors uh, in this foolishness. Because so many pastors are gullible they don't follow God, they follow man. As I told you, my daughter Danny, who was a member, I don't know if she's a member anymore, of a church in McKinney called One Church. Uh, graduated from the same seminary as Andy Stanley. Followed Andy Stanley with his philosophy of allowing homosexuals into the church as members. Very foolishly doing so. Because once you do that, you're in trouble with God. And God will begin to take you down as he did uh, Brian Houston. They were not clear on that. They were not strong on that. And God just shook the daylights out of them and brought them all down. Lentz, Brian Houston, the whole shebang. And he will eventually do that for you if you don't hurry up and confess your sins and repent. Pastor of one church in McKinney, I forget your name, and your wife as well. 
You people need to repent of that foolishness. Because you're losing members over that too. Because uh, uh, the members that you got from other churches are Bible believers. And uh, they don't like that foolishness. So you better stop it for your own good. Across the board, around the nation, simple-minded, gullible pastors have bought into this lie which does nothing but curse them and the ministry. There's no good thing that comes from that. In fact, you help bring on the plague, the plague that you hate, the plague that you curse, and the plague that you try to do this gung-ho foolishness of peace and safety when there's no peace and safety. You ought to be telling your people not to come to the church building, and you need, watch this, you need to start telling them right now. Right now, because everything is afoot right now again, big time, with a new uh, variant of the coronavirus plague. It has not gone anywhere. It is just like it's doing the same thing the bubonic plague did when the then known church, the Catholic Church, was uh, selling indulgences and telling people you can pray your family members out of hell when that's not true or your family members are going to go to purgatory and all that foolishness. Making money, merchandise off the people. And God didn't like it. And the bubonic plague came and it killed the priests, the bishops, and was killing everybody. And that's when the people realized the church can't even help them. And that's where we are today. The church ought to be shining like a city on a hill right now. Everybody ought to be running to the church. The people are running from the church. Because they see the people in the church as a bunch of lying hypocrites. And there's no bomb in Gilead there. Ichabod has been written across the church. There's no help at the church. Even members are leaving the church because they, they, they see the church is not ready for this. And so to wrap this up, as believers, Dr. Worsby says, We do not search after truth because we have truth in God's Son and God's Word. We are taught by the Spirit of Truth, who is truth. We search into truth so that we might discover more truth. We are scribes, students, disciples who sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to His words. And everybody who names the name of Christ need to get back to that right there. Everybody who names the name of Christ, everybody who says that they know Jesus, you need to get back to that. Get back to sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him. Stop following Andy Stanley's blog and some other devil's blog. You have been led astray. You have been bamboozled. And you have run amok. You need to confess your sins and you need to repent. 
and get back to your first love, Jesus Christ. One joy of the Christian life is the privilege of learning God's truth from God's Word. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we pray, I pray, in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you for your holy word, for your Holy Spirit, and for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, for the salvation of those who are lost in the church and outside of the church. I pray, Lord, that you would revive those of us who are saved and help us to get back to where we used to be, our first love. By your grace and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, grant me your strength and energy, even at this time of night, to preach your holy gospel, to preach your holy word, so that others may understand the gospel and be saved. And Lord, help those who have family members in the hospital, but they can hear me through a Kindle or through an Apple iPad or a phone. Tell them uh, so that they can tell the nurses to put the earphones on. It doesn't matter to me whether they can talk or not, but they can hear me and help them, Lord, to do so, uh, so that they can hear the gospel, and they can even pray without moving their mouths. Save that soul that is near as hell. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. And so, dear friend, if you're with us tonight and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ in the free pardon of your sins, and you're on your way to a devil's hell. Whether you know it or not, I'm telling you, you're on your way to a devil's hell. If you have never truly believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, allow me to show you how you can place your faith and trust in Him, the Lord Jesus Christ, for your soul's salvation from the power of sin the pain of sin and the punishment of sin in that awful place called hell. First, dear friend, accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's laws, God's Ten Commandments. We all have. For the Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Pope is a sinner. The Dalai Lama is a sinner. Joel Osteen is a sinner. I am a sinner. We all have sin. You say, well, preacher, what is sin? Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever stolen anything from anybody, including your parents? 
have you lusted in your heart after a beautiful woman or a beautiful person in your opinion? Have you ever coveted what they have or have you ever coveted somebody? Have you ever dishonored and disobeyed your parents? Have you ever dishonored God by taking his name in vain? That's just five of the Ten Commandments that you have broken if you are of age. So we're all sinners. We're all in the same sin boat. Second, accept the fact that there, that there is a penalty for sin. There is a punishment for sin, just like there's a punishment for crimes in this world. It's in a code of law. It might be wonderful for everybody to get a copy, not only of the Constitution, but, uh, and not only, of, of course, the Bible, but the code of law where it tells you what the sin is, what the crime is, and what the punishment is, or should be. It doesn't bother me. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to me. And it comes from God. It comes through the Bible. Bible states in Romans 6.23 for the wages of sin is death. We die because of our sin, our crimes that we commit against God's heaven, against God's commandments and laws. That's why we die. It's a punishment. It's not just a happenstance. It is a punishment, my dear friend. And God wants you to understand that if he will allow you to die from this beautiful ball called earth, he will allow you to go to hell, to suffer for your sins, if you do not take advantage of what his son, Jesus Christ, did for you on the cross. He paid your sin debt. And all you have to do is trust in him. All you have to do is believe in him to be saved from the hell that you're surely going to to pay for your sins if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Understand and accept the fact, dear friend, that you're on the road to hell right now. You're moving very fast down the highway to hell. Jesus Christ said in Mark 9, 43 through 48, in one of his many sermons on hell because he preached more on hell than all of the prophets and all of the apostles in the Bible. He preached more on hell than he did about heaven. Why? Because he hates you? You think God and Jesus want to put you in hell when God sent Jesus to save you from hell? and allowed his son to suffer hell for you? That doesn't make any sense. He preached on hell because he loves you. And he's loving you through me tonight because I'm telling you the truth about hell. If I wanted your money, I wouldn't preach on hell because you don't want to hear this. 
But I'm here to tell you, all whoremongers, all whores, and you're a whoremonger if you are having sex with anybody you're not married to, even if it's just one person. Preacher, come on now. Come on, nothing. If a man kills one person, what do we call him for the rest of his life? A murderer. If you, woman, if you're having sex with a man that you're not married to, you're a whore. I can't believe that. Uh, uh, how, how can you call me a whore? You're a whore. All whoremongers and all whores, all homosexuals, all liars, all people who uh, live consistently on drugs and drunkenness, and who say they don't believe in God and call themselves atheists and agnostics, you're going to hell as sure as I'm black and my last name is White. As sure as you're looking at me right now. You're on your way to hell. Very fast. You're in the fast lane to hell. And by the way, we're all on death row. You know, you know already that we're going to die. You don't believe you're going to die, but you know you're going to die. And if thy hand offend thee, Jesus said, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed as with a cut off hand than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched and if thy foot offend thee cut it off it is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Notice how Jesus keeps on, you know, he, he, he's the greatest preacher of all time, so he understood the power of repetition. That's a, that's a preaching tool to get your point across. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. used this style of preaching very effectively. There's a refrain. Uh, some people teach this in college. They call it rhetoric. For emphasis sake. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, into hell fire again, into hell fire, into hell fire. We have a group of people running around the world lying to people, telling them, oh, don't worry about hell. It's translated to grave. You know what I told them? They're, they're called the Jehovah's Witness. I said, you can translate that word hell all you want to, to whatever you want to. <laughs> You can translate it to peanut brittle. I'm not concerned about the word hell. I'm concerned about the word fire right beside here. Now you translate that. Translate that. Fire is fire and fire burns. Don't try to chill it down. Where their worm dieth not. And the fire is not quenched. Hell is a very real place. 
Hell is a sad place. Hell is a bad place. And hell is bad news. Yes, Jesus Christ preached some bad news. Why? So that you can understand and appreciate the good news. Here's the good news from Jesus Christ who said the most wonderful, most loving, most magnificent, and most important words ever said to mankind in the history of the world. These are the most important words. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Dear friend, just believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross to pay your sin debt, and it is paid in full. He was buried, he went through hell, and went to hell for you and for me, and rose from the dead on the third day. When he died on the cross, he said, it is finished, it is done. You don't have to do any work to get saved. You ought to work for the Lord after you get saved. Joining the church can't save you. Getting baptized at the age of 12 can't save you. That does not mean anything. I did all of these things. They put me on the mourner's bench. Well, I said, and God forgive me, I said, I didn't know any better, I did what they told me to do. I said, Jesus, 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 at least a million times. And they wanted you to jump up and show that, that you got it. You had to jump up and shout to show that you had it. And, or you had to jump up and speak in some unknown tongue. Because saying those words real fast like that was supposed to lead you into speaking in some unknown tongue. All of that stuff is bogus, people. And more and more of it is coming to light. And so I chose to j jump up and shout backwards right out the back door. Oh, they said he got it. I, said, I didn't have nothing. Bad English, but it's true. I didn't have a thing. <laughs> I knew I didn't have it. And you know, if you don't have it, that, that, listen to me. God does not play with people. He does not play. You know whether or not you're saved. And you know whether or not, uh, you know if you're not saved. God is going to make sure you know that and you understand that. And if there's something in you seeking for salvation, a void is not filled yet, you better go ahead on and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Stop playing games, stop playing religion, and get born again and get saved. Pray and ask him to come into your heart tonight and he will save you. For the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 13, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou, you, shalt be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you ready to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you really, uh, pardon me, are you ready to call on his name to be saved tonight? If you are, I'll be glad to lead you in what is called the sinner's prayer. 
Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven, I admit that I am a sinner as the preacher preached. For I have sinned grievously in your sight many times. I am sorry for my sins. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins. My failures and my faults. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. who I believe suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to truly repent and to turn away from all of my sin and evil. And to follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your holy name, Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you believed in your heart, in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day. Allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. Congratulations indeed. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ Jesus as his Christian disciple, please go to GospelLightSociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10.9, words that I love very much, I am the door by me if any man enter in he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And dear friend, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today, please email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want to send you to help you to grow in the faith and be the strong Christians that God wants you to be. The strong Christian disciple that God wants you to be. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well. 
and we will pray for you as long as we live by the grace of God or until you tell us to stop. Very few people tell us to stop, if any. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you real good is my prayer. Let's all stand for our closing prayer. Make sure you pray without ceasing throughout this night, throughout tomorrow, and uh, if the Lord should tarry his coming, we'll be back here at least by tomorrow night, if, if not tomorrow morning. And, uh, and by the grace of God, we will meet again. I think I'll be preaching uh, the third part of the 4th of July sermon series. If not, I'll be preaching on the second coming. Let the Lord's will be done. Let's pray together. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for the privilege to be here tonight. We praise you and thank you for what you have done and for what you're doing. We pray that millions and millions would hear the gospel preached through this message around the world as it goes on demand and that millions of Christians would be revived and encouraged in the faith. Glorify your holy name. Lift up your holy son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let your will be done and not ours. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Help us to pray without ceasing. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time.